Hey, it's Isaiah Smallman, and you're listening to episode six of I Guess We'll Do It That Way, a podcast where I call my buddy John each week to talk about life, movies, and directing my first feature film. It's presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission, which, well, we've chosen to accept, is to create entertaining works of art that explore humanity. If you like the show, your mission, should you... Never mind, this joke's getting old. Just subscribe and rate us on iTunes. All right, here's episode six. John, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. What's going on, Uncle Zay? Not much. It sounds like it sounds like we're talking to each other now. Um, hey, so are you excited about this week's episode? Oh, baby. We're going to start and just hop right in here. I think we should. I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything interesting going on, uh, going on in your life? I got all kinds of stuff going on, and it relates directly to going to see this movie. So, uh, But we need to get Uncle Nate on the horn to talk about it first. I'm a little worried that he's not going to answer, but... Because we hung up on him last time, but I think it's worth a try. Because, I mean, he he's, said he was going to do the show, but I'm wondering if he's just going to ghost us now as a form of retaliation. He's very forgiving. Is he? Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna ring him up. Get him on the horn. Nate? Hey, what's going on? You, I thought you guys were done with me. No. As, as we discussed over that very lengthy reconciliation call, it was no hard feelings. No, but I mean, I, I'm hesitant to pick up the phone these days because I don't like getting hung up on, but I mean, I guess, it, I guess it's fine. Well, we all know that you love Tom Cruise and we all know that you love the podcast, so you thank you for making a sacrifice for us. Those are two things that I love implicitly. So what's, uh, John, What you, you mentioned you had some stuff going on. What's the latest? Well, I, I took my lady friend who just happens to be Uncle Nate's sister. Oh, man, this is getting too insolent. <laughs> I took her out on the town. You know, I took her out on a little date. And, um, you know, we're going to go see the movie. And we went downtown Chattanooga, which is going nuts. It's popping right now. Chattanooga is having a resurgence. A baby. renaissance. All it took was you guys leaving town, and it started to pop down here, baby. <laughs> so we went downtown. We went to dinner. And as we were walking around to go see the movie, we got stopped because there was some music festival and um, then we ended up going to play darts instead of seeing the movie. Nuh-uh. Yeah, we didn't see it. Wow. This cannot This cannot be happening. Oh, it's happening. Hit me with the oh movie, though. What happens in the gosh. movie? I mean, what doesn't happen in the movie? I, how, I, I don't even know. I, I feel like I don't even know you anymore. I mean, like, how can we even discuss this? I don't even know how I can be your brother-in-law if, if you missed uh, and then didn't immediately rectify the fact that you missed the greatest theatrical presentation in the last three years. I looked up the movie. The poster looked exactly the same as the 1996 Mission Impossible movie poster. So I figured I basically... Guess what, though? The reason is is because it's the same series. So that would make a lot of sense, actually. It's called branding. <laughs> yeah, so now we're getting um, into it. Here we go. I just want to. I just want to say first, first and foremost, guys. I need uh, just as a as a as a buddy system. If it goes like one or two minutes and you don't hear from me, call an ambulance and send them to my house. <laughs> no, seriously, you need to get some AC. We we don't have AC. <laughs> have you done the trick where you take some ice cubes and wrap them in a towel and then you breathe through the towel? Oh, I haven't done that. I might try. And it. you can get a bed sheet and make it damp and then hang it opposite an open window and it it sucks Ooh. the moisture. It's like a self made air conditioning. Do you have to keep wetting the towel? Yeah, you got to keep it pretty damp. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. But mm, anything that sounds to like ser- a bit of a mm. a bit of a barrier to entry. Sounds like well, a the problem trap. is I've got all the windows 
windows closed. I've got the windows closed because uh, I want I want primo sound. No fans, no wow, windows. You're in a hot this box. guy. You're suffering. This, for your I want heart. all of our audience members to know I'm suffering for you. Yeah, exactly. I got to do it. You're in a hot um, box. I I am genuinely excited about this. This is gonna be a good episode. I've got you know when we do the mail. I've got a pretty exciting story for you guys, one that uh, I think you both will enjoy quite a bit. But in the meantime, uh, I'm excited to talk about the movie with Nate. John, you can uh, you can go now. I'll see you guys in about 25 minutes. You know it, dude. <laughs> John, I actually I can't fl- <laughs> I got sidetracked, dude. We we're going to go see it. We walk We walk to the theater. See it. We we walk to the theater. We we're like, "Hey, we got 25 minutes to kill." Three hours later, we're playing darts. That's like not even an excuse. Yeah. Shame on you a little bit, and I question, I question, I question your devotion to to great cinema. Yeah, great cinema and this podcast. That it's, yeah, all those things have been questioned before. They will be questioned again. No questions about that. I gotta go for the bigger questions because I didn't actually see the movie. So, um, are you at all put off by the fact that Tom Cruise is a Scientologist? No, no, you gotta separate. Like, I'm not like that. That's like an old school kind of like a dad motif is to is to is right. to dislike somebody's art or their work because of their personal shit. I don't know if you can cuss mm-hmm. on your podcast, but like when the Absolutely Tiger Woods not. stuff happened, I remember I remember my dad like my dad loved Tiger Woods. He loved everything about him. And then when the Tiger Woods stuff came out that he was like banging prostitutes and and waitresses and porn stars and stuff, like he disliked Tiger Woods. Now he's back to like full circle liking Tiger Woods again. But that's like such an old like an old Homer motif. Like I don't care what these guys do in their personal lives, like within reason. Right. I mean Scientology falls radically short of like masturbating in front of women that don't want you to listen and... that was one time and i asked you not to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like up for debate whether we can enjoy the cosby show you can see how much of a no-brainer it is that i can love tom cruise despite the fact that he's a scientologist and also i heard that he wants to get out of that but he can't because they have all his secrets I, if that is true which i don't know what is true and what's false if that's true I pity the guy because yeah. no one should have control over your life. I that's, agree. That's, that's not good. I agree. It's not good. It's bad. You know, I don't really pity Bill Cosby at all. No, um, I don't either. Uh, Louie, I think, has some serious issues that he needs to address and he needs, you know, all of those guys. But yeah, I agree. I think it doesn't seem, now again, we don't know much about Scientology, it doesn't seem like Tom Cruise is in the, is in the habit of hurting people. And I think that is maybe where the distinction lies. Absolutely. I think I would say to the contrary, right? Like, remember, he did that whole thing with, um, um, I forget the guy's name, but he did that interview about like Ritalin and like psych, psycho. Matt mm. Yeah, Matt Lauer. And it was a funny meme, you know, Matt, 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 you're glib, Matt. But like he, he genuinely seemed to care about like humanity and like children and people Mm -hmm. and like wanted people to get better the all natural way. I think he's a little bit strange. Like who's not strange in Hollywood. And you know, he, he's definitely probably lives this very insulated life. Like, just because he has to and probably has some pretty bizarre sure. views. Well, how do you, yeah, how do you trust people at that point? Yeah, I, I don't know. But I also don't look to Tom Cruise for like my for like political or social mm-hmm. uh, cues. Like I, I look to him to mm-hmm. entertain me and he does it beautifully. And since you mentioned him, 
Uh, Nate, what's your take on uh, Donald Trump's feud with uh, LeBron James? Oh, I mean, that was the dumbest fight he could have ever. (laughs) You can't pick a dumber (laughs) fight with somebody who is more beloved, who I think I saw a tweet. I forget what it was. It's like this dude has literally never made taken a misstep in his life. Like he's never done anything. He's been above board. He's been beyond reproach. And he chose the week that the guy opened up a school. Yeah, but what about what about LeBron James? (laughs) (laughs) Right. He chose the week that the guy opens up a school for at-risk kids and like pumps millions of dollars into something and i don't know it's like that what it just shows like the total lack of awareness from the guy and and i happen to think a lot of the fights he picks are funny and and i'm not like personally offended by it i just think it was one of the dumber things he's ever done is to pick that what was the actual beef what did lebron do to start the beef assuming he started it. i mean he started the beef because of his he did an interview with with lemon don is it don lemon um, yeah, on CNN, and they were talking about some of these things. I don't know specifically what they were talking about, but I obviously gotcha. LeBron okay. is not a fan of Trump, and he did it on a really big platform that Trump happened to see, and then he took the chance to call him stupid, which is just—I <laughs> mean, it's just so childish. The president calling an athlete stupid. What is happening? But not only that, but but saying. At the end of it, capping it off by saying, I like Mike. <laughs> oh, like Michael Jordan? Yeah, like as if that's the ultimate shot at LeBron. Like, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> that's, Yeah, that's the tweet equivalent of like, I have a black friend. Like, I don't hate all black athletes. I like Michael Jordan. Right. Like, take this. I think he's better than you. He didn't even say like, he should right. if he wanted to be like, he should have just gone full childish with it. Like, Michael Jordan would totally beat you one-on-one, <laughs> right. you idiot. Speaking of Twitter, though, I actually had a thought. because So there's one thing that's been in the news. I don't want to get too, too sort of stuck in the current events because you know people don't always listen to this like the second it comes out but one thing that came up speaking of tweets that's funny is elon musk got in trouble or might get in trouble for tweeting about you know boasting sort of about like his ability to take tesla private and all this kind of stuff it sends the markets into a tizzy and all this kind of stuff and there's these rules that you can't you know talk about that kind of stuff over social media which makes sense that you shouldn't be able to do that but it is funny that we don't have laws whether or not you like Trump, it's it's funny that we don't have laws that prevent people in public office from using social media inappropriately. Right. You know, like it's it's hilarious that Trump can like or anyone, right. any any other president for that matter. Let's not pick on Trump necessarily, but like the fact that anyone could tweet about like job reports or treasury things or diplomatic issues. Yeah, it seems like those those need to come in like a f- official reports yeah the sec prevents ceos from talking about the performance of their companies that they run right because they are so aware of the massive impact that that can have on volatile markets but it's hilarious because we don't prevent public officials from doing that and i'm not saying we should it's just funny that there's kind of like i don't i wish i knew more about why that's hey you know that that brings up sort of a segue back into mission impossible and ask you isaiah something of a filmmaking Hollywood insider. I have two questions for you. Sure. The first is JJ Abrams obviously has produced the last couple of these, or at least is one producer. How much involvement does he have creatively? Would you say? And the second question is when we talk about like tweeting things or, or, or doing things to influence the sales of something. Um, I've, I've heard a little bit of chirping about, um, Tom Cruise's, uh, penchant for doing his own stunts, which I think is cool. Right. Um, some people would argue that it actually boosts ticket sales because people are mm-hmm. drawn to that. 
Um, other people would argue, and especially in the case of this film, where him doing his own stunts, he got injured, and it ended up costing the film a ton of money because he had to recover. Right. So those are my two questions. How much involvement does J.J. Abrams have? And we can talk about J.J. Abrams. Um, and secondly, um, do you think these stunts actually do increase ticket sales from your perspective? Yeah, that's interesting. I think probably J.J. Abrams has... Uh, a medium amount of involvement. I, I, it's, it's hard to know with a movie like this because I, I assume that to some extent mission impossible movies, once the scripts are like in a good place that they kind of make themselves. Cause usually the hardest part about pulling together a movie this size is getting Tom Cruise to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And like the package that's built around him, but no one's questioning whether or not this movie should exist. Right. So I imagine that, most of his involvement is is creative and most of it is is relating to which Mission Impossible movie are we going to make? What's it actually about? How do we do it? What's going to make this one different? You know, that kind which, of Which by the way, that's gotten that's gotten better and better. Yeah. These things are awesome stories. And this and this one for instance brought like this is the first time in Mission Impossible history that they they brought back a, a the villain from the last film. It's always a new villain mm -hmm. and they brought one back. And right. I don't know, man. It's like, it, I feel like the stories have gotten better. I think the story was super tight in terms of the stunt thing. I, I think it probably does make a difference. I mean, I think it, it adds to this whole mystique. I, I don't personally always get that excited about, you know, the, the making of being sort of like, like the challenge aspect of it being a major draw. Like I remember when the Revenant came out, everybody was like, Oh my gosh, like Leo, he actually like had climbing to be out through there. the yeah. snow. I don't care about like that either. Ball. Uh, cause I'm like, he's like, he I, like had to actually like climb in inside of a tauntaun. Oh wait. I mean, a yeah, a horse. And, no, dude. Cause, um, cause if that's actually the case, then what would actually be interesting to me is just a documentary about Leonardo DiCaprio surviving the winter. Like precisely. I would be much more precisely. interested in that. I don't care. But, but here's, let me say though, here's why I think the stunt thing with Tom Cruise is interesting because the way they film this stuff is so much, I, I this is one thing that I will say absolutely goes for the movie. It looks so good and it's so much more interesting than so many of the other big action movies that I've seen recently where it's cut, 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 Dude. cut constantly. There was, a, there was a ton of stuff where it was like a legit long take where you can tell that clearly, clearly, clearly there's some CGI augmenting what we're looking Doesn't at. Doesn't matter. But you can tell he is on that motorcycle. Dude, I watched the videos. I watched them on, on YouTube. He's like riding a yeah. motorcycle, weaving through traffic that is driving at him. I understand that it's at and a slower tell, speed. It looks and so I understand good. everything else, but it looks better. It's more entertaining. And like you, to your no, point, the long shots. Mm -hmm. That was also one of the cool things about the newer Transformers is that they stopped cutting and they started actually showing Transformers completely transform. Nate, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I also can't believe you just brought up Transformers on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really like Transformers, but I did appreciate that when Transformers 3, which was, I think, the first 3D one, I, I distinctly uh -huh. remember there were much longer, cooler shots of Transformers transforming. And that made the movie for me. That was like my, that, actually Transformers 3D is probably the only one that I actually like. Real quick, Nate, given that we've been throwing a bit of a curveball because Uncle Johnny Bear here decided that uh, darts was more important than this podcast. Yep. I think we should kind of make it our mission to, since I like the movie too, I, I think we it. should just be, you know, we should just try to convince, convince John that he should still see it. Um, yeah. I think one, 
One one thing too, I, I have an idea for like a couple little things that maybe we could provide a little structure to the conversation. I think we should have two awards. I'd like to have two awards that we give out for okay. every movie that we talk about. Okay. Okay. First award is the John would hate this moment. <laughs> because you know there's just cringy moments where you're like, no matter how good of a movie, yeah. there's got to be something already, that's not as good as everything it. else. Right, yeah. Or we could just call it the Hot Face Award. Maybe we should just call it the Hot yeah. Face Award. I like that. Yeah, and, and to be fair, I need yes. to correct you. It's actually the Face Hot. Oh, thank you for correcting me. Okay, so the Face Hot Award. Thank no you. No problemo. Do you guys remember in the first Mission Impossible, the, the whole plot hinges around this job job like 13-7. Do you guys remember that? No, it's job 314. Wow, damn. Yeah, job 314. Everybody, at least that I knew, who watched that movie, was they're all like Christian school kids, saw that and was like, immediately knew it was a Bible verse. <laughs> Did you guys have that and same it experience? Was. Where I'm like, it's very obvious. Well, no, Job. because he didn't call it Job. He called it Job. Mm. I thought the whole thing that it was Job. Oh, no, I don't think so, man. I think they called it Job from the jump. Oh, damn. Because <laughs> they were talking about meeting a guy named Job and everything else. Oh, oh, right, right. Right, and then he figures out it's a Bible verse, right? Yeah, 1996, yeah. Mission Impossible. Don't miss it, kids. Well, what's the second award? The, oh, the second award is the, oh, shit, okay, yeah, I'm in now award. <laughs> right, okay. Maybe let's do, let's let's give our, our uh, possible nominees... And, and, and Nate, this will give us a little bit of a chance to talk about the context and, and, and you know, we can kind of talk to John about what happens. Do, Nate, do you want to really quick tell tell people, including John, kind of the basic premise of the movie real quick? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, the you know, the basic series, you know, Mission Mission Impossible, obviously, is is the is Ethan Tom Cruise gets a mission at the beginning of the, he's like always semi retired and like trying to get out of the game a little bit. And then he gets a secret message from the IMF, and they're like, "The impossible mission, save the world, this one last time." Fun, right? And it's always something huge, but like increasingly since basically like the Philip Seymour Hoffman villain one, it's been like this worldwide catastrophe type stuff, typically involving like nuclear weapons or like terrorism and stuff like that. Where if he can just like bust this one ring of people and get rid of this whatever, then he can save the world. And in this particular case. It's uh, stolen plutonium, which is potentially going to cause, obviously, the end of the world again. The plutonium is going to end up in this terrorist ring's hand. Um, and so he needs to go intercept this this deal, this stolen plutonium. Right. And the villain is awesome. And he's back from the last movie. The villain is uh, Sean Harris, who I think is awesome, too. He was the main villain in the last one. Very evil very, very believable. The best villain since Philip Seymour Hoffman for the Mission Impossibles. They get him in the last movie, but they need to unget him in this movie as a part of the deal, which adds a wrinkle um, because he was like the biggest capture and Tom Cruise has to be like, I got to go get this guy out in order to complete this mission. So a lot of wrinkles. Um, and that's kind of the way it goes down. Another other thing um, of note is that Alec Baldwin was introduced one or two ago, mm-hmm. and he's still in it in this one too. He's sort of like one of the uh, administration guys at the IMF. Yeah, he's um, just like a, a manager guy. Right, but he's a great – he's comic relief uh, as he usually is. Um, and I think that's one thing Tom Cruise actually is really, really good at in all of his action movies is he's he's very funny, and he's always sure to have – 
like funniness to cut up the seriousness in his movies. Mm-hmm. But that's a weird line Is to the ride humor kind of of the John, James Bond variety, like where a guy comes crashing through a ceiling and the guy says, like, nice of you to drop in, <laughs> that kind of shit. No, it's not that corny. Like in this one, it was like uh, they there were a couple different moments when it would when they like Simon Pegg or, or someone or Ving Rams would be like how are you going to like, how are you going to do that? Like how are you going to do all that? How are you going to break into that? And and he would just look at him and be like, I'll figure it out. Like, it's like this like running joke that like, of course he'll figure it out. He doesn't have to tell you exactly right. how he's going to do like, it. Or like, or you know how they're always like putting on masks and it's like completely, completely ridiculous, yeah, yeah. but somehow it still works. There's such a great cold open where, you know, there's a reveal and I'm kind of watching it and Ving Rhames and, and, and Ethan are, or, or Tom Cruise are doing like this good cop, bad cop thing. And I'm like, Okay, I hope they're in on this because I'm kind of like, this is goofy. You know, like right, clearly this right. is kind of goofy. And I'm like, I really hope there's something going on. And then and then you realize like, oh, wait, it's there is something going on, but in a way that I like definitely was not expecting. You know, there's just great stuff like that. Well, the other thing with that, well, I'll say one more thing, is that there are these really subtle moments right before Tom Cruise has to do something that looks like completely impossible, like jump between a building or like jump to the bottom of an ocean. And he does this little pause and this slight eye roll that's very funny. That's like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know. Yeah, I'm doing the impossible, and I think that he's just. Uh, Nate. 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 Johnny, there. Oh, I'm here. All right. Hmm. I think we lost him. Unbelievable! The guy was pouring his soul out to us. No, I didn't. I didn't hang up on him. No, 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 no. Bye, bye, Uncle Nate. Down the chute. Seriously, I really didn't hang up on him. <laughs> I think it was just a total. But you know what? Whatever. No, let's just let's just keep going with the episode. It's not it's not an eighth show. We've had enough I've had enough Mission Impossible for one day. Mm. The real question is, do you think he'll ever talk to us again? I don't know, man. Two times in a row. I swear, I seriously, I swear it was an honest accident. I gotta say, Nate's review of um Mission Impossible kind of made me want to go see it. I agree. Nate is uh it's fun hearing it's fun hearing somebody talk about the things that they love, you know? Yeah, he loves Tom Cruise. He loves Tom Cruise, he loves his podcast. It's really a shame we lost him. This this mission uh, to make this podcast, to see the movie, and to make this podcast has proven to be impossible. An impossible mission. We have failed. The world will now be destroyed. I guess we should uh, we should do the mail while we still have time, and 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 we'll have Nate back if uh, if he'll have us back. We'll have him back. We'll see. But yeah, on to the mail. Do we actually have mail? We do actually have mail this week. Yeah, we actually have some mail. Um, so last week, uh, this is a, this is a fun piece of mail. Last week we talked about peacocks and, uh, John, you asked me, what are the chances that someone in the state of Tennessee has eaten a peacock in the past six months? Yeah, I did ask And what, do you remember what I said? You said the chances were high if I remember right. Oh, John, hold on. I'm, uh, I'm actually getting a call from Nate right now. Oh baby. What's up, uncle Nate? Nate, Nate, are you there? Did you hang up on me? No, I, Nate, you know, I would never hang up on you again. Oh, dude, you oh, come clean. You very, very literally hung up on me the last time that you wanted me on your podcast. Yeah, but uh, John, John can vouch. We lost the signal, and uh, I was just gonna kind of let let sleeping dogs lie. But I'm glad that you called back. I was like fully set up on Skype with a microphone and everything else, and then you hung up on me. I guess I don't know if you didn't. Then I forgive you, but I'm sorry that the quality dropped a little bit here having to go to cell phones. Technology sucks. We'll, uh, we'll make it work, but I do appreciate you calling me back. 
that took initiative, that took spirit, it took humility. I'm here for the podcast, baby. I really feel that. I feel that in a very deep way. I don't even remember where we were. Where were we? We were talking about T. Cruz, the Cruz oh, of yeah. Tom. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, what aspect? He, he, There's so he, many. He he was... So we were just getting into the mail, which we can we can postpone for now. We'll, we'll talk about it. We were, we were having a very exciting conversation about uh, peacocks. Uh, but oh, right. I had a re- I had a little bit of a some news for John, but we'll get to that later. In the meantime, you were talking about how he does this smirk because you know he does his own stunts, and it's always kind of exciting when when you know. And I, and I was watching a video earlier today of him flying, uh, flying a helicopter, you know, through that canyon. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I feel like the blades of that helicopter are probably like one inch I from think, a cliff. Yeah, wall. I think I put my finger on like his. It's a little bit smug what he does, and, uh, but like what he's doing is he's like he's like letting the audience in on on the joke or on the gag right. or on the reality. Because we know he's not going to die. Yeah, but it's more than that though. It's more like it's more it's more like this like little cue. It's like this little nod to the to the audience saying like, you know me, I'm the I'm the goat. I do all my own shit, and you're in on it right now. And it's kind of real. Like, it's kind of the movie, but it's kind of real. And he's letting you know all of that with one little look. I know. And no one else in the business can do it. He's so good at that. And and part of what they do well with these movies is you know it's going to end successfully. I mean, you know yep. that he's not going to die. You know that the yep. nukes are not going to explode. But I still freak out. I am still so tense the whole time. Going back to what we were talking about earlier with, uh, with, with the, the masks and, like, and like redoing a thing that they've done in the past, like even though you know something's coming with these guys, it still keeps you on edge. I don't know. I don't know what the the trick is there. I mean, it's weird, right? Like it's I, good like storytelling. I think. I think it's I'm, good writing. It's it's yeah. The only place I've. Ex- I mean, I, I'm sure it exists elsewhere, but like for it, like as a little parallel, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones with my wife right now for the second time, and all of these things that happen in the first season these these horrible things no spoilers of course but like i'm just as affected by them and like my heart is actually racing even mm-hmm. though i know exactly what happens and i know what happens three seasons from now so mm-hmm. like yeah i the ability to present that in such a way it, it, it's very similar to me and i think it, it is storytelling but it's also man it's like the people involved like how much are they selling what you know mm-hmm. are they selling to you and, and how you know you're buying it if they're good at it right yeah i mean speaking of selling it you know what Tom Cruise sells better than than anybody? He sell he 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 sells it better than I'm trying to think of a good comparison. L. Ron Hubbard selling Dianetics books. <laughs> wow. I don't know wow. actually. That might be the one contest, but you know what he sells better than anybody? Running. That dude runs. Dude. Who taught him to run? Who taught him to run because when he runs it's like he's he's like the the woman on like the bow of a ship and there's like just waves like crashing dude. against him and he's just like Ugh, like chest forward. I mean it's, dude, un- no, it's unbelievable. Not just chest, it's not just chest forward. It's like if anything dares get in the way of his chest, it will crumple almost at just the side of it. Like you, you like can picture like a like dump a- truck like just just turning a, a tiny little Fiat into a pile of metal. Just like a little yes, tiny man. ball yes. of metal. That's what would happen it, if he tackled you. Yes, and he's up and he's like upright his position like like he's straight as a line. His knees like when he runs his knees knife into the air almost mm. all the way up to his waist. Mm-hmm. His arms are knifing. 
mm. through the air. And I tell you, I'll tell you why. Like he, you know that he basically is like it looks like he's chopping. Like his arms are mm-hmm. moving so fast that he's like chopping through the air. The For reason sure. why is if he at any point during this run when he's at max speed, if he puts his arms out, he'll take off. <laughs> he'll start flying. <laughs> And it that's why he's flying. Oh that's my why God. he has to maintain like it's, it's, knifing through the air. It's a safety yeah. thing, really. It's like a, it's anything. like it's like a race car that has like a spoiler on the back to like keep it from like taking off, like when it's driving at like two hundred and twenty miles an exactly. hour. Exactly, it's exactly what it is. Wow. They're his own, like his arms are his spoilers. You think he learned that the hard way? Like he just started flying and then kind of freaked out and collapsed really hard and like maybe that's how he actually broke his ankle no no yeah well he did learn the hard way that's not how he broke his ankle he learned the hard way back in like top gun days you know what i'm saying like Mm. when he was when when he just didn't know any better man he was just trying to go as fast as he could yeah and uh and luckily too close to the sun well i was gonna say luckily he was on an aircraft carrier with airplanes so they knew how to land him once he got up um but now <laughs> i'm just picturing you know he he it, it all that research because you know he does a lot of research on every role you know it really paid yes, off he, he studied he studied aerodynamics very yep. carefully oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, don't man. don't yeah yeah no i just feel like so. he's got like a cable attached to his sternum and he's just being pulled forward by like a drag racing car. You know what I mean? It's insane. like he's Dude, he goes I, like nine G's when he's running full speed. I know, and like you can. How see does his he not face. black out? I don't. Well, I think sometimes he had. I mean, again, not you know. It goes back to <laughs> it's a it's a damn good thing that he was in Top Gun. He learned a lot about you know handling G forces in that movie. Man. But you know, I, I, when I run because I run here and there, and, mm-hmm. and I don't run fast. But there's times toward the end of a running workout, right? You like, go mock Tom. Mock, like yeah, mock you've Tom gone, one. You, like yeah. you've gone a couple of miles and you've conserved your energy and now you have like a quarter mile left or whatever and oh, you just yeah. want to push for the yeah. sake of pushing. And I just try to think about it, man. I if you try to visualize his posture and his mm. speed and try to mimic it, like it'll not it knocks you out. It it mm. knocks the wind out of you and and it's not it's not easy to do. So you mm. got to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. You know, forget about jumping over ledges and breaking his ankles and flying mm-hmm. helicopters and stuff. You can you can fuck around and have a heart attack running as fast as he runs. Yeah, you know, and they do uh, you, they must record some of that multiple times and I mean th- th- there's one sequence that might be the longest uninterrupted running sequence of the series, you know, or possibly Dude. of his career. And they go wide with it too. It's oh. a beautiful shot. It's, I mean, it's, an it's really, truly shot. epic. Yeah. It's incredible. And I agree. I noticed it. Cause like you always look for the big running scene. Like he even has a running scene in, in Jerry Maguire when he's a freaking mm. lawyer running through mm-hmm. the airport. Oh, so like so he great. runs in every single movie. You, yeah. You're looking for it. You're waiting for it. But this one, it's like, again, it was like you're in on the joke. Like, a Tom Cruise movie without Tom Cruise running is like watching a Fast and Furious movie with like horses and carriages. It's just, right, right, it's just not right, actually that movie. You're just watching a they, different kind of movie. But they elevated it in this one. Man, they yeah, highlighted it. I think they it. took it to a new level. It was almost as if he suggested or, or they suggested to him like, dude, I don't know how many more years we have of mm. you – running at takeoff speed yeah left so yeah. like we so like we need to get we need to capture this one and, and mm-hmm. fully enshrine it you know mm-hmm. um and they did man it's excellent you see the movie for no other reason than that one mm-hmm. shot that wide shot of him running it's, well it's speaking gorgeous. of speaking of him getting older there are some really beautiful sequences 
even just uh, you see that he's getting older. I mean, you see it in his eyes, and he's not old, but he's older than we're used to seeing Ethan Hunt. And I do wonder if that was how much of a conversation with you know JJ and uh, you know and uh, Paula, you know, and all those producing buddies, if they were just like. Dude, the liability here. You know, I do wonder if they try to talk him out of doing the stunts every time. Because back to the kind of the financial question, you know, is JJ like, dude, I don't know if this is. You should maybe get a stunt guy this time around. Well, no, I think I think at this point in his career, I mean, you would know better than I do because you're, you know, you're a you're a a lawyer of some sort. You're studying (laughs) an aspiring lawyer. You would know the legal implications better than I would. A few, well, a few things on that. One is. It, he is 1000% covered more covered than you and I have ever been for anything mm-hmm. when he does mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. And that might actually cost him a lot more on his premium, but it's worth it to him mm-hmm. Two, I think once you include all the insurance, cause they're not just doing that willy nilly. Once you include all that coverage and everything like that. And the worst case scenario is what happened. He, he they lost several weeks of having to pay everyone full time. But right. after all that, you have to just turn, you have to just defer to the man who's selling the tickets. You have to, yep. you have to say like this, this, this series, this movie, this is nothing without him. So of course there's some pushback and some, you know, you know this from, well, you know what films, they say, but like, you gotta, this, you gotta, is the, this is the battle you, you have to let him win. Yeah. The, the, you know what they say? You got to spend money to make money. I've heard that at times. <laughs> they do. They do say that. Yeah. And, uh, um, his ankles aren't, aren't cheap, baby. No, <laughs> his ankle is worth more than my house and my car and my, my soul. Um, his ankles might be worth more than LeBron's ankles at this Ooh, point i don't know you actually i think say. you might be right yeah okay but first i just gotta say nate you described um tom's tom cruise running as straight as an arrow straight as a line actually mm. yeah might be the might be the first time tom cruise has ever been described as straight as anything oh dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Well but, played. Oh, wait, are we talking about his teeth, his snaggle teeth? Well played. We're also <laughs> sure. talking. Of, we're also talking about his 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 deviant sexual behavior, man. Oh, I didn't uh, know about that. Can you enlighten? All those yeah. running scenes are a metaphor for him running running out of the closet. Well, there's like been tabloids. <laughs> there's tabloids about him. All, <laughs> all of his marriages might be a sham. Join the club, and Tom. I, you Why know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to out this guy. Uh, right now, but let's just say I I know somebody who has run in some very prominent Hollywood circles in his mm. day, who knows a lot and doesn't tell a lot of stories that aren't true. And let's just say that I have it on good authority that Tom Cruise absolutely has young sprightly men brought to his, the wing when he mm. was married to to, to what's her name. Nicole. Brought to his no 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 the, the newest Katie Holmes Katie Holmes mm. that they had separate wings of of their home and 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 young sprightly men were brought to his wing on a regular basis. Wow, he's got we like a whole a... half of the house is just like the Vatican. And I think yeah, and Mr. I think that Mr. Lawyer, we might need some evidence, or we could be facing a little bit of a libel charge here. This sounds yeah, intense. we got we got we're we're well, heading listen, into defamation territory. Listen, Nate, it's all, you are it's all rumors. Listen, it's all rumors, and but I'll say this about that. The Scientology thing that I would check out because I think he doesn't like Scientology anymore and wants to leave, but you got to give up all your secrets just to get in. I think this is his big confirmed secret. So we won't have the evidence. All we can do is speculate. And the pictures. The pictures. Well, Nate, isn't this the exact reason you're going to law school to help bail Tom Cruise out of Scientology? 
I just got off the wait list for this Tom, new semester, and I am Tom officially. Defense Fund. I'm in an entertainment law class. I just got off the wait list, so I am officially on track to re- one day represent Tom Cruise in what will be a groundbreaking case. Will you represent us in our defamation suit? I would not represent either of you. I, <laughs> I don't think you have a case. Too thorny. It's a little too thorny. That's right. Mm. I got a reputation. Take to, the tea uh, out. It's also well, accurate. Nate, Woo! if you're as as a as a big Tom Cruise fan, I'm going to need to know a little bit more, perhaps, about your qualifications. Because uh, you know uh, we can't just have just anybody getting in there on the Tom Cruise extradition fund. My legal uh, qualifications or my fan yeah. boy qualifications. Let's go with legal. I think everyone is pretty aware of how much of a fan you are. Sure. So yeah, you know, I don't have. Uh, an exact route figured out as far as my legal career is concerned. I think there's a couple different options that come to mind. Again, like as I as I mentioned, I'm taking this entertainment law class, but I've also mm-hmm. done a lot of uh, public interest uh, type classes. My current um, internship for the summer, more of a fellowship, really, is with a nonprofit out of Washington D.C. and that's a uh, policy reform, congressional policy reform. So you know, I've got kind of a, what I would like to say a call a wide array of options available to me and I'm and mm. I'm just going to you know I'm going to pursue whichever one uh uh is calling my name the, the loudest you know mm-hmm. upon upon leaving law school and I still have 2 years left I've got a ton to learn you know Yeah that's you're uh, like the Tom Cruise. You're like Tom Cruise at a boy buffet with your law classes. A yeah. little bit. That's how I like to think of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly buffet. how I like to think about it. Just doing wind sprints and yeah, yeah, and picking out the merchandise. Uh, Nate, have you studied constitutional law at all? Yeah, I did. I took constitutional law. Um, I'm actually in, in a couple semesters. I'm going to take a First Amendment specific. Uh, course, but uh, the constitutional law that I took was very general. Talked about a lot of Supreme Court cases. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, he's gonna be, he's gonna, he's gonna be pissed. But uh, I couldn't resist. I had to get too out much? of there. No, it was. Just, I had. I just had no choice. I I know how mad he's gonna be, and uh, I know he does not see that coming. So. Well, the reality is, if we open the door, he's just gonna keep going. I know. He, Plessy um, versus Ferguson. He's just gonna keep going. Well, and you know this. This is an issue of me. This really comes, you know, speaking of constitutional law, this comes down to my constitutional right to uh, not have my podcast get taken over by some guy talking about his law school. We are, in a way, like the founders and framers of this uh, podcast. I think we're setting a very important precedent for future podcasters because we got to get to the mail. Four score and six episodes ago. Yeah, exactly. Let's get to the mail because I'm actually I'm 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 actually kind of excited about this. Okay, so Dan of Chattanooga wrote in and said. Hey guys, I was listening to the podcast and I know a guy in Harrison Bay. Harrison Bay is a a, a town just uh, north of Chattanooga. Hey guys, I was listening to the podcast and I know a guy in Harrison Bay who raises peafowl. Peafowl are female peacocks. Peafowl is also my hip hop my hip hop stage name. <laughs> is it DJ Peafowl? Peafowl baby. Is it spelled P E E Peafowl? It's P dash fowl. P E E dash F O U L. Precisely. He said he raises peafowl and wolf hybrids in Harrison, and he asked me recently, completely out of the blue, if I wanted some peafowl. And I think by some, he means some meat of peafowl. Isn't that a bit surprising? Yeah, what a strange mix. I know, wolf hybrids? What is this guy doing up there in Harrison, for real? You got wolves and I think, I Like I said, dude, I predicted it. He's a redneck who likes the taste. He's an he eccentric, knows what he wants. He's an eccentric hillbilly gourmand. And he's raising some peafowl for eating. Wait, so this yeah. guy ate it? 
did this guy actually eat it? Because the question wasn't, does somebody raise it? It was, do people eat it? So did this guy actually eat it? Dan's going to have to write in again because, Dan, we need to hear from you because Dan, yeah, you his note it? was a little it, his note was a little bit vague. He said um, he asked me recently out of the blue if he wanted some. Yeah, who's eating it? No one's eating it. He did not say yeah. some peafowl meat. Yeah. So pretty exciting about the peafowl. We'll, we'll find out. Dan, please please write us back. We really need to know. Um, I will get it. I will get it and try it. Okay. Hook me up yeah. with Dan. We'll, I'll uh, give it a shot. Yeah, because you're in Chattanooga. Yeah, hook me up with Dan. I'll give it a shot. Dan, John would like to hear from you. Uh, we're, I'm looking forward to hearing what the verdict is. Is on this, um, John. Still no responses to the head in the box question. Nobody cares. No one cares. But as you said, you committed no pearls before swine. So yeah. until we get Cram a response, it. until we get a guess, we're keeping it under wraps. Um, this is also a good time to remind everybody that uh, we've got a little bit of a contest going, and you have until August twenty seventh, which is um, what a couple weeks from now, to uh, write a review on the iTunes Store. Or Google's fine, too. We will put your name in a hat of some size, likely a small one, and uh, and you will be eligible for a free, I guess we'll do it that way, T-shirt. And if you also, in your review, or just you can write into the show, uh, come up with a guess for what's in the head in the box, and you happen to be the one drawn, John is going to put the producer of the cat's paw prints on the shirt for you. If she's still alive. One more thing, John. I am going to be I'm texting you a little treat. Oh, baby. This is something that I'm really excited for you to see. I'm going to I'm going to set it up a little bit though. Speaking of writing reviews, you guys all are probably so sick of me talking about writing reviews, but here's the reality. They're important. We need to I want to reach more people. Teddy Bronson, let's do a quick Teddy Bronson salute. Salute over. Um, no, but you know how seriously I take reviews, and uh, you're probably tired of me talking about them. But I have a story because in the spirit of this podcast, this podcast is all about honesty and transparency and vulnerability. And uh, I have a little bit of – I have a confession. I'm going to go ahead and call it a confession. And uh, I would like for John to read a review written on August 4th by one of our listeners. John, if you could uh, take a look at the text that I just sent you. Oh, no. Um, I'd like for you to read the review that was written. I didn't even want to talk about this. I wanted to just delete it. Oh, no. I wanted to just be done with it. <laughs> I wanted to just be done with it. <laughs> but uh, I spoke to some people, my wife, uh, Kate McGuire, a good friend, who uh, and, and Bryce, and they, uh, they, they decided that I should, uh, that I should not, not hide from my mistakes and that I should put them right out in the open. John, would you like to uh, tell our beloved listeners? Wow. I'm having a full-blown panic attack just looking at this. I'm, I feel so <laughs> sorry for you, Zay. Is, I am shaking right now. I'm so, I might have to cut this, this out. Is this really is really sad. Really <laughs> you know, I just I, you know, I want to frame this a little bit because there are there, there are <laughs> There are it's so bad. There are real reviews here, like from Mary it's Jean. Heinous. There's so many. Mary There's Jean so wrote, many reviews. Mary Jean wrote, "Digging it, babe. We love you, Mary Jean. That's me. That's me to you, Mary Jean. She's digging it. Learning about filmmaking while I have a good laugh. Exclamation point to There's boot. some good reviews. There are some other really really good ones like this one. Hilarious and informative. It's five stars, by the way. <laughs> I've been a filmmaker. I gotta go. I you, you do this. I gotta go off air. I can't do this. I've been a filmmaker for a while, but I still love learning about someone else's experience as they go through the journey of making their first feature. 
Also, lots of improv heavy shows get boring because I never feel like I actually have to listen to every episode for fear of missing something important. But this show has a great overarching narrative that always keeps things interesting week to week! Exclamation point! This was August 4th, 2018 by... Zay Smallman. <laughs> Somebody forgot to log into their alias account. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. This was supposed to say, what was it supposed to say? Oliver Stone? Who was it going to be? I, I, should, <laughs> I, I just want to say in my own Stanley defense. Stanley Kubrick. Hilarious I just want to say in my own defense, which is slim. Collusion have, is not a crime. Collusion <laughs> is not a crime. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to say I just want to say in my own defense there was no collusion <laughs> and this is a witch hunt and also all right here's the deal at least I tried to write a review that actually articulated what I personally do think is good about the show and and that's exactly I just want this to be evidence to people that I am willing to submit myself to a certain level of humiliation for the show and for this project, because this is not going to be the, the last time that I screw up. But I'm just saying, stick with it, because I'm committed. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide things from you. You're my audience. We gotta know though. I, where I'm dying to know. Did you? Do you have an alias that you were gonna use? No, no. Because here's what happened. So I watched Kelly, my wife, write a review, which is what it is. She wrote a review, and it was very nice. <laughs> One star needs improvement. I hear enough of it at home. You're yakking. Um, and she, she wrote a review and then I watched as, as as she was prompted with, uh, the uh, opportunity to create a nickname for herself. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. And so I did it and I hit submit expecting then for the next box to be a nickname box. And instead it just was gone. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> and I immediately realized that I was in, uh, I was in big trouble. So I was just going to make a little alias, but I, I don't have, like, multiple Apple IDs or anything like that. Mm, okay, okay. Because you're right, that is Good to very know. depressing. I think it's hysterical. Oh, well, thanks. When your wife, I assume she was sitting next to you, you wrote this thing out, you sent it, you realized what you had done, you told her... What exactly was her response? She was like, you have to go delete that right now. What if someone sees it? And I was like, I, okay, my initial thought was maybe, maybe I set up an alias a long time ago and no one's going to look at it. Mm -hmm. And then when the review about two days later finally showed up in the store, I realized it was very clearly me. Right. Just couldn't be more clear that it's me. And I was shocked and embarrassed. Has anyone said anything to you? No. No, but I have a feeling they will now. I hope so. You see the inherent risk in bringing this up, bringing it to people's attention. Well, it could be like the Barbra Streisand thing, you know, where if you try to co- if you tried to cover it up and somebody happened to see it and screenshot it and thought it was funny, mm-hmm. and they they're likely to disseminate it. But now that you it's out there, it's just like ah, it's a goof. Mm-hmm. I had to own it. Yeah, you owned it. No, but for real, I do hope that this is sort of a a, a signal. Of how serious I am about about uh, you know being honest in the show. I'm still going to put it on Reddit. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I'm still going to make it my profile picture on Facebook. You should, but do do you still use Facebook? No, no. I mean, I use it you know for very selfish purposes. Oh, you think I look at anyone else's Facebook? Oh, this hell no. Oh, for, so you're not. But I post stuff. You're not out there like gathering 
points of view from your friends and strangers and um, trying to, like, construct a worldview off of Facebook. Does the Pope shit in the woods? <laughs> yeah, so, no, the answer is no. I do not, I don't use Facebook in that way. No, I just I just kind of use it uh, pretty, pretty selfishly. Yeah, oh, and boys and or girls out there, take your lady to play darts. It's very fun. It's uh, it's a hoot. Who knew they were going to get such a good <laughs> recommendation from us? There's an old bar here in town in Chattanooga called Hair of the Dog. Oh, You've I was going to guess. There. You didn't even let me guess. I, I was going to guess that it was Hair of the Dog. Yeah, we hadn't That's been there okay. in a million years. It's an old smoky bar. You can still smoke in there. Not that we did. It's disgusting. But you could <laughs> if you wanted <laughs> Sorry, to. I was you just could. coughing up some nicotine out of my lungs. I hear that. Uh, we played some darts. There, there are two dartboards right next to each other. And... Mm. We played, I don't know, we played three rounds, and this guy started playing his lady friend next to us, and he's probably about my age, you know, like early 30s, and um, he was taking the game extremely seriously, and the girl with him was also taking it way too seriously, and they got uh, probably three or four throws into it and immediately had a blow-up fight and had to leave. Yikes. I'd never in my entire did life... You, uh, did you try to counsel them? No. We, it's, it was one of those situations where you're standing so close to somebody who is acting so irrationally that you just look down at your feet and try to not make mm. eye contact with Whose them. Whose fault was it? They, which, which, which person's fault was it? They were both nuts, but it was the dude's fault. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yikes. She wasn't making it any better. But the guy, it was the kind of situation where the dude who felt like he had been wronged in some way in the game started turning to everybody in the vicinity to try to get them on his side. You know, like, you saw what you saw what she did, right, man? You saw she, dude, she didn't get the 320s, man, but she marked them. And everybody's like, what, dude? Come on. Like, we're not getting involved with your stupid fight. Wow. It was very intense. He paid his bill in a huff and left. He paid in a huff and left. Oh, that's awful. Why would he try to recruit help? How does he think that's going to end? Yeah, it was bad parenting, wow. question mark? I don't know. It was it was atrocious, man. Yeah, that guy that guy needs some help. Yeah. Yikes. It was intense. See, I I don't I'm not confrontational. Like I'm not about to get into it with some local weirdo. Sure. You know, I know dudes that would, but I'm just like, what what do I win here? I'm not going to convince this guy. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend can't even mm-hmm. convince him to finish this game of darts. I'm not going to convince him to be a nice guy. Yeah, that sounds like a real nightmare. What's what's happening with rollers right now? Still just waiting on cast. Um, it's a little slow. I'm starting to. I'm going to be talking to some location scouts soon to start kind of expanding our list of, of of possible venues to shoot at, which is which is pretty exciting. I've got one, and I know the owner, and you know it's it's kind of the best place. But I just want to make sure we've got a backup. So okay, so how many months until we start shooting here? And when I say we, I mean you. Uh, I think we're looking at a January production, but it, it could it could change. I'm I'm trying to keep you know open hands. Loose, but, loose grip. But change means pushed back, right? It's never pushed forward. It could be sooner. If, you know, if, if my perfect actors are just like, let's do it in November, then we could make it work. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I think that's pretty unlikely. Right. Anyway, Uncle Zay, we'll talk soon, huh? Okay. Yep. Talk soon. Bye. All righty then. Thanks for staying with us through this tumultuous six episode of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. Join us next episode when we talk about Tales from the Sundance Film Festival and I explain how I almost died there. Today's show is produced and edited by Isaiah Smallman, executive producer John Schimpf. Opening song is the theme music from the 1996 installment of Mission Impossible. Outro music is The Man from Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Our cover art was designed by Nate Giordano. 
This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. It's your boy!